As uh, Shane was talking about what Jesus went through in surrendering his flesh and, and following the Father and his will, and as we were taking communion, I, I was just thinking about if Jesus had not surrendered his flesh, if he had not surrendered himself to the Father's will, you and I would not have the salvation and the freedom that is accessible to us. I mean, I, I want you to think about that because when you go to the struggle that he was in, I mean, he was struggling to the point that the sweat was like drops of blood. That's intense. I mean, quite honestly, I've been feeling sorry for myself for a while now. I don't know about you, but, you know, as pressure in this world is, is ramping up, I find myself just, just wanting to escape it, just, just, just wanting to get away. Do you know what I'm saying? But then I think about Jesus, and I'm like, what if he had done that? What if he had ran from the pressure? Now, we see that he escaped at times and went to be with his father to draw strength. But what if he just left and didn't come back? Our salvation and our freedom is dependent upon him staying in the fight and surrendering and not acting out of his flesh. And that convicts my heart because here's the deal, and this is the same for all of us. The lives of many rest in the courage of a few. That's so true. And what that means for us is that there are lives, okay? There are people's lives who are resting on the fact that you won't run from the pressure, but instead you will allow the pressure to push you into the Father's arms. And that you won't just act out of the flesh towards the pressure. But instead, you will surrender to the Father. Because here's the deal. Think about Jesus for a second. He wasn't like you and I. He had the power. Okay? All He had to do was, you know, lift His finger up and people would fall down. I mean, when they came to get Him, we, we hear that. He spoke, boom, they fell down. <laughs> I mean, that's all He did was speak. I don't have that power. You don't either. But you know what? Even though he did that, he spoke, they fell down. When they got back up, you know what he let them do? He let them arrest him. Why? Because it was the will of the Father. Now, I want you to stay with me for a second, but I want you to hear this. Right now, darkness is ramping up, okay? And when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, darkness was ramping up. And Jesus didn't fight back in his flesh. Here's why. It was the Father's will that darkness kill him physically. It was the Father's will. That's why he didn't do it. Here's the application for us. As darkness ramps up, God is going to call us to speak out truth in the midst of it, just like Jesus did. And there are going to be sacrifices that He asks us to make. There are going to be ways that He asks us to surrender. And the temptation for us is going to just be to lash out. But if we lash out 
Because if Jesus had just lashed out, he wouldn't have fulfilled what God was calling him to, which was so crucial to all of us. And if you and I just lash out, we're going to be unable to fulfill what God wants to do through us. This week, as I was going through things, and again, it's, it's, it's this pressure that just keeps ramping up. I feel like we're all getting to this point where it just takes a little nudge and we're just ready to go, rah! I was thinking about Rambo, and I haven't seen this in forever. I think it was First Blood. and You know, the movie of Rambo is about a guy, a Vietnam veteran, okay? He lived through all kinds of pressure, all right? But Vietnam was over, he comes back to his home country, and he just wants to be... <laughs> That's all. He's not bothering anybody. But these people just keep coming and pushing, pushing, and pushing. And eventually, he snaps. <laughs> and I was thinking about that, and I was like, I kind of feel like that. <laughs> I, I feel like I am just keep getting pushed, and keep getting pushed, and keep getting pushed. And I'm ready to snap. But here's something that the Lord was speaking to me this week. And what he was speaking is that he has plans for the pressure. He has plans for the pressure. Because my tendency is to sit in one place. And I like comfy chairs. And if I find a comfy chair, I don't want to move. You know what it takes for me to move? Pressure. That's what it takes for me to move. And God knows it. And so God supplies the pressure. And, and here's what's really irritating. Sometimes he uses people who don't have very good motives to supply the pressure to move me. And when that pressure comes, I have some choices. I can bear down. I'm not moving. Or I can look for escapes. Or I can allow the pressure to move me in the direction that God wants to take me. But in order for that to happen, you know what I have to do? I have to ask Him. But I'll be honest with you, I get to places where I don't want to ask. I found myself in that place this week. I mean, I'm the pastor, right? I'm supposed to always ask the Lord. I know that, but I get tired of it. I mean, I do. And so this week, I had decided that I'm, I've, I've had it, okay? I decided on a course of action. I was taking it. I texted my wife and said, here's what we're doing. And my wife, in her great wisdom, says, well, I trust that you're hearing from the Lord. Ooh, that just grated me. <laughs> and when that grated me, it was a sure sign. Gee, I'm probably not hearing from the Lord when somebody says, I trust you're hearing from the Lord, and I'm like, ah! And so, anyways, up to that point, quite honestly, I hadn't spent time with the Lord. I don't know if you've ever been in this place, but I was so irritated that I had my Bible, actually, okay, iPad, you know, getting ready to open the Bible, sitting next to me. I couldn't go there. 
I mean, I was so wound up, I just couldn't go there. It's like, I got to take care of some stuff before I go there. Bad plan. You want to go there, then try to take care of some stuff. So anyways, after that, I finally go to the Word. And my Bible reading, okay, that I do just for personally is, I mean, I start in Genesis and I go all the way through. Right now, it takes me, I don't know, maybe eight months to get through, okay? And so, I open up my Bible to the place that I'm at, and the one scripture that I'm at that day speaks directly to the decision that I was getting ready to make, and it's the only scripture in the entire Bible that I'm aware of that speaks to it. The only one. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, God... But even there, there's a decision that we've all got to make. Are we going to surrender to the Lord even when he uses darkness to accomplish his purposes? What? God doesn't use darkness. Yes, he does. Okay. Now, he's not the one, you know, um, I don't know, creating the darkness, if you will. But I want you to know this. He uses it. In the midst of the darkness that is happening and the bad things, God isn't creating those things, but Scripture teaches that He's sovereign and He's guiding it. And it's so crucial that when we encounter darkness, we don't just react. We ask the Lord, Lord, what are you doing? Do you want me to react? Do you not want me to react? What do you want me to do? Because when we see Jesus and we see Him going to the cross, the Father was telling Him, I want you to let this happen. I mean, so hard. I mean, again, He's letting these people who are weaker, sinful, He's not sinful, He's all-powerful, and He's letting this happen. That was the Father's will. But then later we see in Scripture that He's coming back. And he's coming back riding a horse with a sword. And he's coming back to destroy those who do not submit to him. There's a time for everything. But if we are to be with Jesus and to be on the winning side, if it were, as it are, were, <laughs> it takes us submitting ourselves. Just because something is wrong and it's near me doesn't mean that I have the right to do something about it if the Lord's saying not to. You see what I'm saying? Because again, again, Jesus was seeing all this stuff and He had to allow it. He saw it all around Him. And He could only do, Scripture tells us, He could only do what He saw the Father doing. Why? Because the Father is in control. And it is the same for us. I want to go to a scripture this morning that talks about this very thing. It's in Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9. Beginning in verse 17, it says this. It says, For the scriptures say that God told Pharaoh... I have appointed you for the very purpose of displaying my power in you and to spread my fame throughout the earth. 
So you see, God chooses to show mercy to some and He chooses to harden the hearts of others so that they refuse to listen. Now we're going to read more of that, but I want to go back to some of what that is talking about. What we see in Scripture is this. You have God's people, okay? God provides for His people. They go off to Egypt during a famine to live, and God blesses them. There's a time that they're blessed. But then God decides, I'm going to move my people out of here. So God wants to move His people out of Egypt. He wants to take them to a land that they've never seen, uh, a land that is full of blessing. How's He going to do that? Well, let's go back to me sitting in the chair. I don't like to move unless I have pressure. It's how we are. God knows this. And so what's God going to do in order to move His people from Egypt, where they're at, to this new land? He is going to allow darkness to oppress them. That's what he's going to do. Not only is he going to allow darkness to oppress them, he's actually going to harden the hearts of those who are in control so that they do mindless things that make no sense and actually hurt themselves and others around them. That's what happened with Pharaoh. Because God empowered Moses, okay? And just some backstory on Moses. So initially, Moses is living there among the people in Egypt. And Moses, he gets mad at some things he, he sees. And he goes and he attacks and he kills somebody. And then he ends up way out in the wilderness away. Now this was all part of God's plan. But part of what God was doing in Moses was... He was forming in him this submission to the Lord. And Scripture tells us that at the time, Moses was the most humble man on earth. Why? Because he learned from God to surrender and to submit. When he was younger, he just reacted. But then later, once he learned to surrender and submit, God takes him back to Egypt to deliver his people. God used Moses. God wants to use you and I. Okay, to bring deliverance to others. But in order for that to happen, we can't just react out of our flesh. We must be surrendered and submitted to the Lord, just like Moses. Okay, now let's go back to Pharaoh, though. At the same time, God is hardening the heart of Pharaoh so that he will oppress his people, God's people that he loves more. Why? Well, he's got several things he wants to do. He wants to deliver his people, and he knows if they're not oppressed, they're just going to stay, and they're not going to do it. Because in order to receive the land that he wants to give them, they're going to have to show a lot of faith. God's going to have to remove a lot of people. And they're going to, it's not going to be easy, okay? They're going to have faith. So God's going to make it really difficult over here so that they'll go over here where God wants them. Now, the other thing that God wants to do in the midst of this is he wants to display his glory to the world. He wants to show the world his power. Why? So that people will come to him. So how's he going to do that? He's going to make and increase the power of the darkness, harden their hearts so that they do this crazy stuff so that God can then display his power. And so when Moses comes in, and he shows the power of God, we see in Scripture in Exodus, Pharaoh doesn't listen. 
He just, you know, he does and then he doesn't. He does and then he doesn't. And what this is telling us is that God was sovereign over it all. What does this have to do with us right now? God is doing the same things. What are his plans? I don't know exactly. I just know that for me, he doesn't want me to stay in the same spot I'm in. He wants to move me. And you know what? For the last number of years, I've been living this nice, comfortable life. You know, I've got my little farm out here. I do my little preaching thing. And I raise my kids. And I live in America. And it's all great and nice. And I'm thinking, this is all I want. And God's thinking, I didn't create you for that. I didn't create you to have a nice little comfortable life. I created you to know me and to display me to others. Oh, that sounds really uncomfortable. Well, in order to get me into that place, what's he do? He creates pressure, okay? And it's, I mean, it's coming from all different things, okay? It's not just one thing. It's all around us. But it's all intended to drive us closer to him. Now, when we go back to Egypt, though, here's what happened. Many of the people, even though God was displaying his power, they were telling Moses that they wanted to just stay with the darkness. And we're seeing some of that now, okay? And you have that choice. But here's where God wants to take you. God wants to take you to the place that you fully trust Him. And the only way that's going to happen is that you have all other options stripped away and it's Him or nothing. That's our nature. That's what God is doing in our life. Because He wants to rescue you, okay? But the only way that happens is the pressure that He creates so that you move closer to Him. And then He wants to use you. Now, I want to read on here. And I, I want to get down to, to verse 23. That's where I want to focus. But I'm going to read these other verses just so that we have context. In verse 19, it says, Well, then you might say, why does God blame people for not responding? Haven't they simply done what he makes them do? Paul responds and says, no, don't say that. Who are you, a mere human being, to argue with God? Should the thing that was created say to the one who created it, why have you made me like this? When a potter makes jars out of clay, doesn't he have a right to use the same lump of clay to make one jar for decoration and another to throw into garbage, throw garbage into? In the same way, even though God has the right to show, now here's where I want to focus. In the same way, even though God has the right to show his anger and his power, he is very patient with those on whom his anger falls, who are destined for destruction. Why is he so patient with them? Verse 23 gives us the answer. He does this to make the riches of his glory shine even brighter on those to whom he shows mercy, who were prepared in advance for glory. We are among those whom he selected, both from the Jews and from the Gentiles. Here's what that's saying. There are people all around us who are destined for the destruction. Okay? It, it, that, that's where they're headed. They are headed to be destroyed. Now, why doesn't God just come down and take them out right now? 
Well, there are those that he's waiting to come to him, okay? But there are those that, that that's their destiny. That, that's, that's where they will be. And yet God not only lets them live, but he sometimes elevates them and allows them to prosper. You ever get that feeling that that's what's going on? Why is God doing this? Does he just want to make me miserable? What's going on? I'm trying to follow him. I've been submitting. Why doesn't he give me some favor? Why doesn't he elevate me? God, what are you doing? God has a purpose for it, okay? Here's his purpose. His purpose is to test you, not so he can give you a grade, <laughs> to test you because he wants to form Christ in you. And the only way that that happens, the only way that you learn to stop following your sinful nature, stop following the world, is that he increases the pressure through darkness so that your only hope of escape is through him. He is your only hope rescue. That's what he's doing. And then on top of that, what he wants to do is that as you move closer to him, as you submit your life to him, he wants to demonstrate his power, his truth, his freedom. He wants to demonstrate that through you. But he cannot do that if you are simply acting out of your flesh and, and just doing what your flesh wants to do in the moment. The only way it happens is when you are surrendered to the Lord. And so what the Lord's been doing is, He's been taking the dial that says pressure in heaven, and He's slowly turning it up. Click, 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 click. It's not all at once, but it's just, it's just slowly, slowly, slowly. So that, you and I would seek shelter in Him. Now, in the moment, it can feel better and easier just to react out of the flesh. As Jesus is in Gethsemane and He's sweating blood, I'm sure that in the moment, it would have felt better to, to flee or to fight, whatever it was. But what would ultimately bring the greatest reward is for him to say, okay, Father, I surrender, I submit, I trust you. And what was the result of that? The result was anguish for a time, but then resurrection. I'm, I don't know the details of what God wants to do. I just know this. He wants to do powerful stuff. And it only happens if we surrender to Him. I mean, you know, we, we read through Daniel recently, and the things that God did through Daniel and his friends. Daniel, thrown into a lion's den, wasn't touched, okay? The other guys get thrown in, they get ate up. God's power was displayed in such a way that the whole nation is like, God is the only God. When His friends worshipped God and wouldn't stop, they're thrown into a blazing oven and it doesn't touch them. They're just standing there. And everybody's looking at them like, that's crazy. Because the people who threw them in there died throwing them in. And what was the result? The result was a nation looking and going, holy cow, they're following God. He is the one true God. 
God is looking for people that He can display His power through, but He will only do it through people who are surrendered and submitted to Him. He's not going to do it through hot-headed people who are walking around displaying their flesh like I want to do. He's only going to display it through me when I am surrendered. So, let's end with this. The pressure affects us all differently. We've all got different battles going on. But I know that it's affecting you right now. Some way, somehow, you're feeling it. And I don't know how, but you're wanting to act out in your flesh. I don't know what that looks like, but you're wanting to. You're mad. And you're saying, God, this isn't right. And you're right. It's not right. I don't even know your situation. But I guarantee you there's something in your life happening right now that's unjust. Don't just act. Ask the Lord what He wants you to do. Maybe He just wants you to let it be for a time. Maybe He wants you to speak out. I don't know. But ask Him, okay? And ask other people who actually follow the Lord, not just people who will tell you whatever you want to hear. Ask people who actually follow the Lord and love you. And help. let them help guide you, okay? Send a text to your wife. <laughs> Let her tell you that, well, okay, as long as you're following the Lord. We need those things, all of us, however long you've been walking with the Lord. I know I can't speak into your situation, but this is so crucial. This, this is going to make a difference in what the future looks like. What are you going to be known for? Are you going to be known for the person who surrendered to the Lord and God did something amazing through? Or are you going to be known as the person who finally had enough and just lashed out? I want to be the person who surrendered to the Lord. That's who I want to be. And we can do that. We can do it when we surrender and we put our faith in Him. Lord, as pressure gets